Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action. And joining me, as always, is my friend and professional better. You know him on Twitter as So Money Sports. And So Money, we've finally done it. We've got through the NHL regular season, and we are now on to the tournament. 16 teams have qualified for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll start on Monday evening with a 7 p.m. showdown between the Boston Bruins, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Bruins plus 110 in game one, the Canes minus 130, the series money line, uh, Carolina slight, slight favorites, minus 115, Bruins minus 105. I think this is an interesting uh, setup here because you got the Bruins who we know, fantastic defensive team. Uh, meanwhile, the Carolina Hurricanes are just about, well, they're one of the best teams uh, at five on five at, at generating scoring chances um, and they've been that way for a long time. Both of these teams are tried and true in these methods, but the thing that's really interesting for this, for the series, not only is the strength on strength matchup, but both teams have question marks and goal. Um, I think that if you matched up these two teams with, with most other uh, clubs in the tournament, you'd be saying, Ooh, I don't know if their goaltending might bite them in the, in the behind here, but it's kind of a wash here. And I think that's why I'm much more confident in this bet than I would be against perhaps another team, but I like the Bruins. I like them on the series line and I like them game one plus 110, the series line minus 105. And I like, we've talked about for, for a long time. I like Boston plus 20 to 20, 100, 20 to one um, to win the Stanley cup as well. So the Bruins, a team I'm bullish on and have been bullish on for a while. Let's see if they can get it done here against the Canes. Uh, what do you have? This series is as close as close to even as you're going to get. I think a couple of things to consider here. We do hear a lot about the way that the, that a team played against another team in the regular season. We see that the Hurricanes beat the Bruins three times this season and outscored them 16 to one in those games. You kind of think that, okay, so like the Canes have have the advantage, but you always want to dig dig deeper into stuff like that, right? So so the first game was on October 28th. That's just too long ago. Um, you you can't take anything meaningful from that game. I honestly didn't even look through that game. Then you have the 7-1 game in January. Okay, but that was Tukaras' second start. 
um, and he struggled, and we know his story there. So I feel comfortable throwing that game out. Then we have the third game, which was six nothing in February, but again that was with Bergeron and Marchand out of the lineup, and of course the Canes started Freddie Anderson in all three of those games. So basically, what I'm saying is that. This series is a perfect example of how reading too much into the regular season can cost you. I understand using the regular season to see how teams match up against each other, but in many cases, it is a meaningless exercise. So we need to stop looking at regular season matchups. Um, we talked about how top-heavy this Boston team is, but in the last couple of weeks, they've been actually starting to get consistent secondary scoring. Um, moving DeBrusque to the top line has allowed Cassidy to get much more balanced throughout his lines. Um, the concern, of course, like you mentioned, is is the goaltending. Just because we don't have enough of a sample size on um, Swayman and and on Olmark either. Um, Olmark should be confirmed now uh, to start game one. And while he has been trending up, I still have trouble fully trusting him as the series progresses especially if Anderson returns. Now for game one, like I mentioned, this series is a coin flip. It's it's going to come down to, to Anderson's health as the games progress. Um, it looks like he's not going to start game one, which for that reason, it does tip the scale towards the Bruins as a dog for me. Um, I do think that as the day goes on tomorrow, um, you'll see money coming in on the Bruins as a dog. Um, so I think this is something that if you like the Bruins, you'll want to get on. And if you like the Canes, you'll probably want to wait it out a bit. Yeah, I think um, you, you mentioned it, right? Olmark has been in really good form for the past couple months here. And, and that's going to be a, a theme with another goalie. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit later, too. It just goes to show that we really, like you said, the, the what we look into in the regular season, not only does it not matter all that much when we get here, it is a new season. The game does change a little bit, but it's like it's it ends up providing more value going the other way. And I think that if Carolina hadn't done what they did to Boston in the regular season, we might see this number look different, right? Like, cause it's been, been hammered home that Carolina outscored Boston 16 to one in their three games. Uh, and they looked just, you know, they were all over the Bruins in, in that you know season series. But it, like you said, it's three games. One of them was in October and the other ones were just, they were really weird outliers in terms of lineup construction. So I actually think this is a case where, Olmark's uh, kind of inconsistencies during the regular season and that season series is, is providing some value uh, on Boston. And, and you can kind of bet into that a little bit. Um, and like you also you know mentioned, it's it's going to be Ronta most likely against uh, Olmark. And I think in that matchup, you can basically draw a line through the goalies and say, look, one of them, you really have no idea. You can't project goalies as is. And when you when you're putting Linus Olmark and, and anti Ronta in the cages, I mean, it, it becomes even more of a crapshoot. So w- when you kind of remove them from the equation, I just like the way that Boston at, at plus money sets up here uh, in this game one against a, a Carolina team that, yeah, I have a lot of respect for. I think that if, yeah. if you flip the numbers uh, and you put Carolina at, you know, plus 110, 20 to one, minus 105 on, on the series line too, I would be being, saying the same exact thing I'm saying about the Bruins, about the Hurricanes. Exactly. Yeah. And like, that's the reason why like this, like this series is a complete coin flip. And in fact, if Anderson comes back in like, I don't know, game three, game four, whatever it is, and as the series goes on, then I would actually be more inclined to lean lean the hurricanes as the as the series progresses. And this and and this brings me to another point where each individual game has no bearing on the game played before that, right? Mm-hmm. So each you have to treat each one completely in, independent of each other. So 
if the Bruins are up 2-1 in the series and Anderson is back, well, now those odds are different. And like in, in that in that situation, even though the Canes would be on the road, I would actually make the Canes a favorite in that situation, right? So you have to treat each game independently. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point to have. We'll, we'll definitely revisit that one as, as these games go on. Um, that's the 7 p.m. start on Monday night. The NHL did a good job staggering these playoff starts. There is a 7.30 game Monday night as well. Same, uh, or excuse, I shouldn't say same bracket, a uh, different bracket. Atlantic, this is the Atlantic division. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they're plus 115, traveling to Toronto to take on the Leafs, minus 135 for game one. The over-under, six and a half. The series money line, Tampa Bay slight favorites, even money. Toronto, minus 120. A little, Wolf well, has some disagreement here. Um, I understand that every, all the numbers are going to point to Toronto, basically. And you know, you're, you're looking at a sample size of a regular season, but there are going to be exceptions to every rule. And I think that if in when you're talking about a playoff setting and an environment where a team is playing against the same team over and over again, there are some matchups here that I think lend value towards the Lightning, which is you have a great two-way center in Anthony Sorelli who should be able to handle the assignment um, at least negate some of what, you know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner can do. Yes, they're an incredible duo um, and will be tough for any player, you know, Patrice Bergeron to shut down. Uh, but at least Sorelli with the defense that's backing him up, you know, the Ryan McDonough, Eric Chernak, Victor Hedman, all of a sudden you're starting to say, okay, like th- this, th- the task gets a little bit tougher for Toronto's top line to produce at the level that it did throughout the season. And then backing up that those defensemen is the best goalie in the world for the past three seasons and postseasons, uh, past two postseasons, Andre Vasilevsky. So if you do mute that Toronto offense and, and their advantage, all of a sudden you're looking at a team that, yeah, they're still very good, but they're not going to you win as often as I think these odds imply both in terms of the series and uh, game one. And I think Tampa Bay is, is playable here plus plus one ten or better um, for game one. I like them even money to win the series as well. So I'll be on Tampa Bay uh, in the series. This is a tough one. And I'm not confident in my, in my disagreement with you here. Um, I do continue to be high on the Leafs. I mean, I've been high on them for, for a while now. Um, we've seen so many situations in sports and especially in hockey too, where you have a team that just just can't get it done. And then like all of a sudden it just it just happens after so many years of disappointment. I went through that in 2011 with the Canucks. The problem is with the Leafs, you're always expecting that and, and it just never comes to fruition. So that's that's kind of what makes it a little bit tough for me. I have trouble with the game one line here. Um, I think that um, there is value on Tampa Bay in game one, even though I like Toronto for the series. In terms of the series, um, of course, we need to talk about the Leafs goaltending. Uh, they've been slowly bringing Campbell along after his injury, which which was the right move. And I've been fine with the way that my numbers have been trending with him. And I do feel confident that he can be good enough to get past the Lightning. Now, he also gained experience last year playing, and, and he played well in that series against the Habs. So if the if the angle for this series is that the Leafs um, are going to lose because Campbell will struggle, I think that that's misguided. Um, now, we've, we've talked about the concerns we've had with Tampa Bay going into the playoffs, but... I, I mean, I, I think we can confidently state that their offensive form is, is no longer an issue. Uh, Stamkos has gotten hot at the right time. We have recent evidence that Kucherov does have a playoff switch. 
and now they're getting per, um, balanced production um, throughout the lineup. I do worry about them defensively a bit, though, here, and it's especially as the series progresses. But again, those worries, they do offset when you when you consider the best goalie in the world playing playing behind them. That being said, of course, Vasilevsky hasn't played at the level that we're accustomed to lately, but that's not something that I'll be looking into too much at this point. Uh, for now, we just give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, for game one, uh, we do need to monitor the status of uh, Bunting and Kasha. Bunting looks to be out, which is going to be a big blow for the Leafs in their top six. I think that He's been, um, even though his numbers have been spectacular, um, I think that he's still been understated this season. Um, so for game one, I think that the line, I, I think there's some value in Tampa Bay. Um, but for the series, um, I think that if Tampa Bay does w- win game one, um, I'll be probably on the Leafs for the series. It's interesting. I, I don't think, um, I think people overstate Campbell and his performances no matter what he's doing, right? Like if he's good, you know, it's like, he's the, he's, he's Ken Dryden. And if he's bad, he's Jan Denis. It's like this guy just is, he, there's no middle ground, which is probably where he is. Yeah. And I think, like you said, for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win, they don't need Andre Vasilevsky in goal. They need someone just to give them slightly above average goaltending most nights. But against the Tampa Bay Lightning, it's a little bit different. You can't really survive. I don't think with just, um, you know, NHL average goaltending and most nights against, against the lightning. Um, So I think, you know, you're not, you're not expecting Campbell to, to outduel Vasilevsky here, but you are asking him to play against the Tampa Bay lightning and and that attack uh, seven times possibly over the next two weeks. So I do think that the, the goaltending edge is decidedly obviously um, in Tampa Bay's favor, but that's not a knock saying Campbell is just, is going to flounder. I don't think, I think you're right. He's not going to flounder here. I just think that his, um, you know, his being a couple tiers below Vasilevsky does open up a path to success for Tampa Bay that Toronto just doesn't have. And, uh, you know, that that is part of why I like uh, the Bolts. Um, all right, let's talk about a 9.30 p.m. matchup on Monday, the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild. The Blues plus 120 uh, in game one, Minnesota minus 140, over under six and a half. Uh, the series money line plus 130, minus 150, Wild favorites. Uh, they have home ice advantage. This is probably the most polarizing uh, series of them all. I've seen some models all over the place uh, with with this one, but I think it's pretty close to a coin flip. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's because I'm I've been higher on the Blues uh, than most people uh, throughout the season. But plus one thirty to me seems like a good number on the series line. And for for a team that is balanced offensively, sure, we don't know what Billy Huso is going to do in the playoffs if if he gets the nod over Jordan Bennington, which he should. Uh, considering where they were in the regular season, but you know, his, his goaltending numbers are stronger than what the wilds uh, tandem put forth this regular season. Sure. Marc-Andre Fleury can turn it on at, at a moment's notice, especially in the playoffs, but there are just enough signals here to, to, to make me think that St. Louis is basically Minnesota's peer. So I like, I like the blues uh, on the series money line. I think they have some interesting guys too, for um, the cons in the cons my futures market. Cause they're, they're going to be at long odds because uh, of their path. They got to be Colorado. They're, a, you know, quote unquote, long shot uh, at this time of year, They're like 20 to one to win the Stanley cup. So those numbers and the Consmith market will be inflated, but like someone like um, Ryan O'Reilly, I think I saw him like 130 to one Kairos out there in triple digits. Uh, Buchnevich is hundred to one. So, so one of those guys, if you, if you are a blues believer, maybe you have a blue Stanley cup ticket and you want to, you know, get more into it. Uh, Buchnevich uh, O'Reilly and Kyrie are interesting 
Stanley Cup uh, MVP, Stanley Cup playoff MVP bets. But that's just a long-winded way for me to say I like the Blues series and uh, in Game One. Yeah, we we do have some some disagreement here as well, but I would like to take this opportunity to announce that the Wild and I have made up. <laughs> uh, they've come up with a few big wins for me down the stretch, and and we're on good terms now. So I just wanted to get that out there for the bets that I make on the Wild in this series that we're good now. Um, I am showing a significant edge on the Wild, which was a little surprising to me, but um, they have been a beast for almost two months now. Talbot has been outstanding, and I tip my cap to him. Sometimes players and teams perform above expectations for the whole season. As long as that doesn't happen too much with your projections, which which is a whole set of new problems, um, you just have to be okay with that. It just it, it just happens sometimes. Um, this is another series where the season series shows 3-0 for the Blues, but let's keep in mind that two of them were overtime coin flips where I would argue that the Wild were the better team. And the other one was an outdoor game in January. And if you know me in outdoor games, uh, I don't put any credence in any outdoor games. We've talked about the balance scoring that the Blues have. But the Wild get production throughout the lineup as well. Um, Marcus Foligno's injury is something we need to keep in mind. He will suit up, but he's he'll he'll be clearly playing hurt. Him missing any time would be a massive loss for the Wild in terms of negating some of the blue scoring prowess. If he's out as the series progresses, um, I think that um, the Blues will have a decided advantage, especially generating offense. Um, the biggest edge I have for the Wild is defensively I have questioned the Blues defensively and and the high quality chances that they have given up all season while the Wild credit to them they have shown strong defensive play now um, especially down the stretch in goal um, Huso should start um, and I have been high on them for most of the season but I'm seeing some things with my internal numbers here that are concerning to me and I wouldn't be surprised to see Bennington getting in there as well now, of course, once Bennington gets in there, he is going to be priced based on his Stanley Cup run. <laughs> but we know that that's not the case with him anymore. And if he does go in, then we know what we should be doing. And that's that's feeding him. So I do like the Wild in the series. Um, this, is, this is another one where in game one, it, it'll be tough for me to, to lay this number with the Wild in game one. But as the series goes on, I think that, um, I think that the Wild should should come out on top here the uh finale on monday night is los angeles plus 160 traveling to edmonton to take on the oilers minus our oilers yeah, you're sorry that's right traveling to edmonton to take on our oilers minus 195 the over-under here is six and a half uh the series line plus 200 for the kings minus 250 for the oilers i was a little surprised about one thing i thought that i would hear uh, the Oilers are a team um, not too dissimilar from, I guess you can say, the Leafs. Uh, they have plenty of detractors because of their playoff pedigree. And I thought a lot of people, um, not necessarily betters, but uh, you know, media members of the media and, and, and hockey personalities talking about how they're going to be picking the Kings as their upset for round one. And I guess I haven't really seen that much uh, or as much as I, I thought maybe as you know, the picks articles start coming out tomorrow. We'll see more of it. I, I, I would disagree with that notion. I, I think that we we've learned uh, over the past few months since Jay Woodcroft took, took over for the Oilers, that this is a team that is uh, closing in on, on elite status. They have two of the best players in the world on their team and Connor McDavid. Of course, I was referring to Mike Smith as, as one of the two, um, but <laughs> with, with, with Smith in, in form and goal, 
Uh, we don't know how long that form will last. Of course, he is 40 years old. So how long can he keep it up for the marathon, the secondary marathon that is the Stanley Cup playoffs? Who knows? But that's a question for another day, I think. Uh, for right now, just I think the Oilers are are well worth a shot at like uh, a series spread because this Kings team, credit to them. They got to the playoffs. They have uh, posted great underlying metrics all season. But, you know, the injuries are going to catch up to them at some point when you're playing elite competition all night. They, they did it through a really soft Pacific division. Um, and now they're going to be taking on a team that's just a couple weight classes above them. They don't have the defense pairing that can really that you can match up against McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, if Woodcroft chooses to overload his offense. Um, so it's just this is a, a tough matchup for the Kings team. So I think that Edmonton uh, on a series spread at minus one and a half is is not a bad bet here. Uh because I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm you've, you've converted me into an Oilers believer, which is not what I thought I would be saying, you know, back around Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we we're in full agreement here. Um, I am fascinated by the by the goaltending matchup as we turn back the clock. Um, we have talked about um the, the Oilers goaltending a lot this season, and rightfully so. Um, we also know about Jonathan Quick's playoff pedigree, but let's not forget that Mike Smith does have some playoff experience as well. Um, he has found his confidence again and playing behind a much more disciplined Oilers team. It's weird to say for a 40-year-old going into the playoffs, but I worry about him a lot less these days. Um, and and I think that um, down the stretch, um, they really handled his workload a lot better. Now, it doesn't mean that he's going to continue this throughout the playoffs, like you mentioned, but in um, but in the first series here, I, I don't worry about him that much. The big question for me here with the Kings is, can they keep up with the Oilers' production? The Kings obviously want to keep it low-scoring, but the Oilers have shown now that they're relatively comfortable playing in low-scoring games. So I think that becomes um, a bad matchup for the Kings, especially like you mentioned, they don't have kind of that um, that uh, top shutdown defensive pairing. So I do like the Oilers here. Um, five games, I think, will get the trick, but uh, I would I would agree with you here on the Oilers. All right, we'll flip the page to Tuesday. Four more games, uh, 7, 7.30, 9.30, and 10. Once again, hats off to the NHL for getting the scheduling right. It starts uh, at MSG between the Penguins and Rangers. Penguins, even money. New York, minus 120. The over-under here is 5.5. Pittsburgh is minus 105 on the series money line right now. The Rangers, minus 115. A, a lot of people were surprised. I talked to a couple of big media personalities on Friday night, I guess, when, when the series price first came out with Pittsburgh minus 120 and I was you know they're, they're kind of new to betting and whatever and, and I was saying to them that uh you know this is one of the great things about betting is you know everyone's going into the series thinking Rangers are in great form they're the better team they had a much they had a lot of success over the Penguins during the regular season the goaltending matchup is uh, decidedly in the Rangers favor and then bookmakers post Pittsburgh as minus 120 favorites for the series uh despite the Rangers also having home ice advantage so uh I think that kind of tells you a lot that you need to know about the series, which is the Penguins are better than people expected, uh, better than people realized. And despite some wobbly form during the you know dog days of February and March, generally, if you look at their season as a whole, have been an impressive outfit and one that no matter who their opposition is, they they should be able to to match them, especially in the Eastern Conference. Like they can beat anybody on a given night. It, all, it will come down to the goaltending, but Casey DeSmith uh, has been good. Uh, and I think people are judging him 
a little too harshly because Tristan Jari was, was much better than him for the most part of the season. And Jari was a, a sto- pretty big storyline uh, through the first 40, 45 games when he was uh, an all-star playing at an all-star level. And now DeSmith has been the better goalie between the two, even before Jari got hurt and really, really had uh, a strong, what, 15 games in, over his last two months. So those goaltending concerns are, are a little bit negated. Of course, you're not asking DeSmith to outduel Igor Shosturkin. You're just saying, look, we should have the five on five advantage in the series. We should have the advantage in terms of shot attempts and scoring chances at five on five. If the Smith does what he's supposed to do, hopefully that advantage is enough that we can put a couple past Shesterkin and uh, pull the upset. And, and I think Pittsburgh at, at plus money in game one is is definitely in range. Yeah, I'm I'm right with you there. I think that anytime that. I'll ever talk about the Penguins, you know that I'm going to start with their goaltending. Casey DeSmith, credit credit to him. He turned the season around after a poor start. And similar to the Leafs and, um, and, and Jack Campbell there, I think it's misguided to say that the Penguins would lose this series because of DeSmith. Obviously, we know who Igor Shosturkin is. He is, um, we, we know what we're going to get from from him. There's no doubt about that. But we also have to consider what the Penguins got from Jari last year in the playoffs. And especially in a couple of those games where, I mean, that's, and and you know this well, right? That's Oh, very well. Yeah, that's that's as bad as you can get, right? And and, and it's tough for me to think that Casey DeSmith would be at that level. So um, obviously when Jari comes back, you're going to start him, whether that be in game three or game four, whatever it is. I think that the biggest advantage here is the five on five play. So the the Rangers, they credit to them. They have improved as the season has gone on, on their five on five play. Um, but I still rate the Penguins a lot higher. There's not much separating these teams, um, which obviously attracts me to the uh, dog price. It is going to be a tight series. I think that goals will probably be tough to come by. Um, I do have faith in, um, in Sullivan kind of devising a game plan that's going to protect his goaltenders. We've seen that we've seen that in the past with him, um, especially in certain points during this season as well. So in a long series with the Penguins as a dog and the Penguins as a dog in game one, um, that's the way that, that I'll be looking here. Yeah, and I think one thing to remember is that the Penguins have uh, a guy named Sidney Crosby who is a two-way force. And when yeah, you're matching, guy. yeah, when you yeah, if you're matching him uh, against uh, the Rangers' top line, whatever one you want to match him against, whether it's Panarin or Zibanejad, he should win that battle. He he more often than not over a seven-game uh, series is going to win his matchup. Uh, not when he's playing against Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock, of course, of, of the Islanders, but. But when he's going against the Rangers, it's a different story. And that right there should should negate a, a big part of the Rangers offense because their bottom six still is lacking a little bit, even with the, the deadline acquisitions. And another thing is, uh, and, and I think special teams, they do matter in the playoffs still, even though people like to say the refs swallow the whistles. Pittsburgh had a great penalty kill uh, all season. And we know the Rangers had were pretty reliant on their power play. So another advantage that Pittsburgh should at least have a fighting chance of muting uh, against the blue shirts. So yeah, tight series, but I think Pittsburgh should be maybe slight, slight favorites, even without uh home ice advantage. Let's move to 7.30 PM. Now this is going to be a funny one. Uh, the Washington Capitals plus 180 against the Florida Panthers minus 225 in game one, the over under six and a half and the series line minus 340 for Florida plus 260 for Washington. 
this number on Washington ping as ping ponged a little bit. It, it was around three to one came down. Uh, some sites have it up at uh, 290 now. I think it, it, you know, we always say like, oh, you, you play numbers, not teams, right? That's a betting credo, a betting slogan that, that we're supposed to eat, sleep and breathe. And it's true. And I think the number here tells you everything you need to know. Uh, the, the gap between these two teams is wide, but we know the Panthers are flawed. We know that in, in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, these, these teams that in the regular season score in bunches, but also sacrifice defense to do that scoring, uh, sometimes they get found out. And especially if they don't have the, the solid goaltender that you need. And while Spencer Knight has been really good after his stumbling start, sir, the opposite has been true of Sergei Bobrovsky, where he's been pretty mediocre after a fantastic start to the season. So there just are question marks here for the Panthers. A lot more question marks for the Capitals, of course. But I think there are enough question marks on Florida that if you can get close to that 290 number, which is basically the high water mark that's still around, Washington's probably worth a, a sprinkle in the series, uh, the series line. You know, this is this is one of those series where you can either look like a complete genius or an absolute donkey. Um, <laughs> I don't think that this series is going to be as straightforward for the Panthers as it probably should be um, based on how these teams match up on paper. The Panthers, they have tremendous home ice, but the Capitals play better on the road and have been one of the best road teams in the league for a while now. Another note I have on the home ice here is that we should expect to see a lot of Capitals fans in Sunrise as well. So I think that's going to be um, something to look out for. The Panthers fast skating open team, but we've also seen the way to counter that is with a big physical team and the Capitals fit that mold. That works in the playoffs. I I don't, I wouldn't recommend that in the, in, in, in the regular season over an 82 game schedule, but over a seven-game sample size, we have seen that work. The Panthers can score in bunches, but with Ovechkin in the lineup and a deficient Panthers defense, I don't think it's a significant mismatch. Um, although with Eggblad uh, probably back, their defense does get a significant boost. Now, the Capitals do have inconsistent goaltending, but like you mentioned, Bobrovsky is not in form either. So... I'm basically having a tough time when I'm breaking the series down besides the Panthers being significantly better on paper with their players in terms of how this game is going to be played out on the ice. I'm having trouble finding where this probability comes in, where the Panthers are this much of a favorite back to Bobrovsky. I I wouldn't even be surprised if we see Spencer Knight here at some point for the Capitals Vanacek should start. Um, I think he's been the most, uh, the more, I should say the more consistent option between the two. Um, And I think the Capitals can make this a much closer series. I don't know if the Capitals have enough at the end of the day to pull it off, but in a long series and with certain individual games where the Capitals are going to be, you know, they're going to be heavy dogs in, in, in every game. I think that, you got to take the chance there on the on, on, on the Capitals. Now, the Panthers could sweep them. I don't know. But I have a tough time um, getting to this price on the Panthers right now once you consider that playoff hockey is a lot different than regular season hockey. Yeah, and I think one other edge here that Washington has is that against the Panthers, you're not going to have that much of the puck, right? You're, you're just in terms of possession and shot attempts or whatever. The Panthers will probably dominate that, right? But the Capitals are an offense that have that that features clinical 
scores, right? Ovechkin, uh, TJ Oshie is a playmaker. Nicholas Backstrom can put those scores in the right spot on, on a counterattack. So this is the type of series where you could see the Panthers outshoot Washington 45-26 and Washington win 5-4. So it's just, like you said, it, it, it's a trickier, it, it is a, a, an absolute uh, banana skin for, for Florida. It's a much trickier proposition than I think people realize. And, you know, we do talk about uh, the Leafs and their, you know, the, the monkey they need to get off their backs in terms of getting out of the first round. Florida hasn't been outside of the first round of the playoffs since 1996. Um, so yeah, of course they're in sunrise, Florida, so they don't get the same kind of attention from the hockey media when it comes down to their, their playoff drought. Right. But it's still there. Um, and those narratives shouldn't really bake too much into your handicap, but it's just a thing that, you know, if Washington steals game one, the, the pressure gets ratcheted up and the, the president's trophy holders. So yeah, there's the, the right way to look at it is the way that I think a lot of people are, which is Panthers are the much more likely team to win, but that doesn't mean that they're a good bet. Uh, at these numbers. So yeah, going to be a fascinating one. Um, one that probably won't be as fascinating Nashville predators. They're plus two fifty in game one against the Colorado avalanche minus three twenty. This is a nine 30 PM Eastern time puck drop on Tuesday night. And the over under is six and a half for game one. And the series money line uh, six fifty minus six fifty for uh, Colorado plus four fifty for Nashville. Had this series been played two weeks ago, the path to success for Nashville would be as follows. You Soros stands on his head, drags his team as deep into games as possible, and the Predators get the moment of magic from Roman Yossi or Matt Duchesne or whatever to, to steal a game or two and put some pressure on Colorado. Uh, Soros is obviously hurt, very unlikely to feature in the series, which means Dave Riddick is going to be playing in goal for Nashville in game one, and he's just not been good. Uh, and when you're playing against an offense that finished fourth in goals per game and fourth in terms of generating expected goals, despite missing top six players basically throughout the throughout the entire year, that's a huge, huge mountain to climb here. So this is it's just tough to even get involved in in Nashville and in Colorado. I mean, anything can happen in the playoffs, right? Like, right. I, I say that laughing because I I don't see a way for the Predators here. Um since I've started making my numbers, Nashville without sorrows beating Colorado would be the biggest upset that I've ever seen. We've talked about how leaky they've been defensively and what a significant drop-off there is from sorrows to Riddick. And now we are asking him to basically go the whole series here. We touched on the on the Florida series where, where, where the first round can be tricky when you're playing an inferior opponent, but the Avs know how to take care of take care of their business in that respect. We saw them do this last year against the Blues where they took advantage of a big a big mismatch and they had no problems there. So basically what I'm trying to say in this series is that if it's possible to make a team submit in a series after three games, I would take the Avs in three. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I actually have a funny story about that. When the Islanders played the Penguins uh, in 2018-19, those playoffs, they went up 2-0 in the series. And I saw Brian Boucher. He was calling the game outside of Nassau Coliseum. And I said, hey, Boosh, Islanders at three, man. And he goes, jackass, you got to win four to, to advance in the playoffs. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he caught, he caught the joke. That's all right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's, and it's funny because, like, people will say, oh, should I just 
you know, bet Colorado minus two and a half. And if they're minus six fifty to win the series, that means that the derivatives are also going to be outlandishly priced. And they are, it was like, I think minus minus one ten uh, for them to win by at least three games. And as we say, like anything can happen in hockey, Riddick can get hot and steal a game or two. Uh, the baby Darcy Kemper struggles immensely. Maybe the, the avalanches don't play well. What, who knows? Uh, but or Kadri yeah, just, gets suspended. Yeah, Kadri, Kadri gets suspended. Uh, there's just there's there are things that can happen in a game that's played on ice where you're just chasing around vulcanized rubber. Uh, so I'm not going to be getting involved. And uh, it's a, and and you touched on this point before where you you want to handle every game as its own you know as a singular thing in a vacuum, right? And we saw in a couple years ago the Penguins played the Flyers uh, in a first round matchup. The Penguins absolutely blew the doors off Philadelphia uh, as like minus 175 favorites. I want to say it was like six, two in game one, seven, two, whatever it was. Uh, and immediately in game two, as soon as that line opened, it, it, it opened 40 cents North or, you know, I might be a little bit exaggerating there, but it, it, it was completely inflated on the flyers and immediately bet the flyers as soon as I could, because the number was way too high after what we saw in game one, which is the same two teams playing each other, just 48 hours later in the same venue, right? Nothing's changing except it's game one and game two. And there was a game, uh, you know, one team's up one, nothing in the series. And this is a series where I think I can see that happening where, you know, say Colorado wins game, game one, six, nothing or something like that. Uh, it's going to suck, but this predators number is going to fly. And, you know, at that point, you just got to think, I just got to do it because it's, you know, have we saw what this number should have closed at in game one. And if it closes a lot higher than that for game two, just off of, you know, a, a drubbing, one drubbing, then uh, you have your answer of what you should be betting, right? So uh, that's something just to keep in mind here for all these series. But for this one, it does seem like a, a possibility. And that brings us to the final game um, of the eight that we'll talk about tonight. That's the Dallas Stars. They're plus 175 traveling to Calgary to take on Daryl Sutter and our Calgary Flames minus 215. The over-under here is six. Uh, series money line minus 350 for Calgary, plus 270 for Dallas. I actually think if Dallas played Colorado, I would be very inclined to bet Dallas, but I just don't think they match up well against Calgary. I just I think that this this team, five on five, should the series should be played out according to the script where Calgary dominates five on five, and it's going to be up to that for top line. And then Miro Heiskanen and Jake Ottinger in goal uh, to perform some sort of, you know, minor miracle to keep Dallas in this thing. Uh, so I think Calgary is well worth a bet to perhaps sweep um, or minus one and a half. I think it's minus 140 right now, minus 140 or better. I want to go much further than that, but I like Calgary to win by by multiple games here. So I'll actually be laying it with Calgary at, uh, on the series spread. We love the stars around here. I have... Um... They they have a special place in my heart for their for their Stanley Cup run. Unfortunately, I think that um, we're probably going to see some prices here on Dallas, especially Game Three and Game Four at home, where it's going to kind of reflect reflect that Stanley Cup run. And and I don't think that that's going to be warranted for them. This is a really tough matchup for the Stars. Um, I think in terms of depth forward depth, defensive depth, goaltending. I just don't see where Dallas can match up. Now, you could have Dallas's first line get hot. And um, I mean, anything can happen. But as much as I love Dallas, um, they're just not a good team. Um, (laughs) And they just don't match up well 
against the flame. So I think that um, the days of me tweeting out the star emoji, um, they're gone. And I don't think that, um, I, I don't think Calgary should have any trouble here with the stars. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, we'll, we'll raise the the star emoji up to to the rafters in the Hockey Betting Hall of Fame one of these days. Because yeah. uh, that, that was, was quite, quite, quite a run by Dallas going <laughs> to uh, the Bubble Stanley Cup there. Yeah. Uh, all right, with that, we'll move on to our favorite bets for uh, the first two nights. That's Monday, May 2nd, and Tuesday, May 3rd of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. I'll flip it over to you first uh, to hear your favorite bet. For my favorite bet, um, I will be going to MSG. Um, we've we've touched on this earlier. In a coin flip game, and what I think would probably come down to a coin flip series, I do like the dog price with the Penguins. And I I think that um, that the case against King Casey DeSmith, I, I don't think it, sh- it, sh- it should be warranted. And I think that, uh, that a lot of this line comes down to the perceived difference in goaltending. And I think that Casey DeSmith should be strong enough for the Penguins to um, squeak out a low-scoring win against the Rangers. For me, uh, I like the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're plus 115 against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 1. Toronto might be without first-line winger Michael Bunting. And what that does is, if he is out, it puts people in the wrong spots for a team that is very reliant on that first line, Mitch Marner, Allison Matthews, and Michael Bunting, uh, dominating the opposition and, and doing a lot of heavy lifting in terms of creating uh, scoring chances and scoring. So with bunting questionable and at the very least banged up playing banged up, uh, I like Tampa Bay's top line to be able to compete with Toronto's top line and negating that advantage. And then that flips us to the advantage that uh, Tampa Bay has in goal. Well, I do think that Jack Campbell's struggles are maybe a little bit overstated by people uh, coming into the postseason. He's still nowhere near uh, what we'll see out of Andre Vasilevsky or what we should see on, out of Andre Vasilevsky. So with Toronto going up against Toronto, I I mean, a prolific offense, a team that is, you know, good defensively, but if they're going up against uh, Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, Eric Chernak every night, and then having, if they can get through them, having to score against Andre Vasilevsky, I think you're going to see the Leafs offensive numbers start to come down a little bit as they play elite competition night after night. And that should turn this series into a rock fight, which makes it a coin flip and a plus 115. I just think there's enough value to get involved on the bolts, even on the road in game one. So give me the Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions as an underdog in game one of their quest to three-peat on Monday night. And with that, our first playoff episode of Line Change has come to an end. We will see you again on Wednesday morning as we preview Wednesday night's contest game twos. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday night's game twos. Um, and then we will see you again on Friday morning to cover the weekend as best we can. So for so many sports, I'm Michael Leboff, wishing you the best of luck in your game one bets.